to episode 37 of The Virtual Couch. I'm your host, Tony Overbay. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, certified mindful habit coach, writer, speaker, husband, father of four, ultra marathon runner, and creator of The Path Back, an online pornography addiction recovery program that is helping people reclaim their lives from pornography addiction. If you or somebody that you know is struggling with pornography addiction or compulsive sexual behavior, please point them to pathbackrecovery.com, and there you can download a short ebook that describes five common mistakes that people make when trying to overcome pornography addiction. Again, that's pathbackrecovery.com. And this episode is also brought to you by Bloom for Women. Bloom offers online programs, expert help, and an empathetic community to help women heal and strengthen and grow past the trauma of infidelity and betrayal. I'm also known as betrayal trauma, whether it's betrayal from a spouse who may have a pornography or sex addiction or from the emotional betrayal of an affair, please visit bloomforwomen.com and use coupon code virtualcouch. That'll give you one month of free access to all of their evidence-based programs and this entire community designed to help heal and recover from betrayal trauma. Uh, one more quick sponsor note, as always, this episode is brought to you by the fine folks at Eli's Extracts, all natural organic shave cream scented with essential oils. Visit H... <laughs> I'm just reading the, the copy at this point, right? Uh, HTTP uh, colon slash slash... <clears throat> Visit Eli's-Extracts.com and uh, use coupon code VIRTUALCOUCH for 25% off your entire order. Okay, today my guest is author is an author of the book Running with Mindfulness. His name is William Pullen. William is a psychotherapist with a practice in London, England. And you can read more about William on his website, which is William Pullen, P-U-L-L-E-N, psychotherapist.com. Again, that's all one word, William Pullen, psychotherapist.com. And uh, before anybody tunes out thinking that this is going to be a podcast about running, trust me, there is so much more to this interview. Um, William talks about how this book is actually not a new kind of exercise program. It's not a get fit quick routine. Um, It's not about running and it requires very little to no level of fitness to even begin. And actually, when I was doing my homework on William before the interview, I was reading a bunch of reviews. And and you can find the book on Amazon.com uh, as well as anywhere else that uh, that you may get your books. But I was reading a few reviews on the Amazon. They're all five-star. They're all really good, really good reviews. So I did a little bit deep deeper dive onto the internet. And I found somebody that the only negative review I could find was somebody that was like, hey, this book only talks a little bit about running. So they assumed that it was like a, you know, uh, a running specific book. But uh, the title is Running with Mindfulness. Um, But what it really talks about is a new program called DRT, which is Dynamic Running Therapy. And it's a, it's a way to it's, – it's a proven method to improve low mood, anxiety, stress, and depression. And again, it does not require that one is able to even run down the street to begin. Uh, William's story is, is really powerful. He kind of describes his own journey from a place that was, I would say, exactly the opposite from that of a happy, healthy runner. Um, so again, you can pick up William's book, Running with Mindfulness, on Amazon or anywhere else that you get your books. And uh, I really would encourage you. This is a quick one. Um, William had some time time constraints, so we uh, we kind of just dove right in. And uh, he gives a lot of good lessons about as far as just change, change in general, change in your life. And he also talks about an upcoming TED talk that he's going to be giving this summer. And I kind of I really can't wait to hear it because he was just a very pleasant, delightful man to interview. Um, and I really encourage you to pick up his book, Running with Mindfulness, because it, it has so many good things in there that, again, are not only about running, 
but more about kind of being just connected with your your body, your environment, and and using that as a way through <clears throat> through this movement to improve anxiety, stress, depression, and kind of make some changes maybe that you've always wanted to make in your life. So let's get to the interview with William Pullen. Today on the virtual couch is William Pullen. William is the author of a book called Running with Mindfulness. So, William, welcome to the vir- uh, virtual couch. Thank you, Tim. It's nice to be here virtually. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. Um, and you are you are based in the UK. Is that correct? Yes, I am. Lovely. Per- perfect. Out of London. Um, so, I, I found your book, and uh, because it combines two of my own passions, running and mindfulness. And so I, uh, I remember I reached out to you because I thought this is just the perfect mix of um, just two things that I that I feel are very important to our mental health. So I'd love to get your story of um, how you came about the the book and a little bit about your background. Okay, uh, so you know the book is just a natural extension of my work. I was keen to get the message out. Um, in terms of my background and how I developed DRT. Uh, like a lot of people, or some people say that on average we have three episodes of mental health issues in our lives. Well, uh, about 11 years ago, I had one of mine, and I was very depressed and um, and, and just feeling really out of sorts and, and, and scared and unsure of myself and unsure of where to go. And so I thought I'd take up everything I could think of and throw the kitchen sink at it. So I took up running, okay. psychotherapy, yoga. I took up a bunch of things. And it was during the running that I discovered, even more so than the therapy, the really healing uh, properties of running. And from there, I trained to become a therapist. And during that six years, I took the, the best elements of the uh, training and, and, and created my own approach. So I love the fact So you were not a runner going into this when you threw the kitchen sink at, uh, at where, what you were going through, correct? On, most definitely not. I mean, I was about as far away from a run as you could get. Uh, I was smoking and uh, not just cigarettes, yeah. <laughs> all, all sorts. Okay. It, well, okay. And I love that, I, that part of the story. So were you one who, when you heard, if somebody just said, hey, get out and exercise, you need to run, what were your uh, immediate thoughts? No, you know, I, I, I knew it in my bones already. I, I, I was lucky enough to be brought up in the English countryside, uh, well, for the second part of my childhood anyway. And, and you know, I was in a, in, a, in a boarding school in a big, beautiful piece of Sussex countryside. And, and you spend most of your time outside, you know, building um, forts and, and playing rugby. And you just... If you get that, I mean, I worry about how much exercise kids are getting today. But if you get that exercise, you never forget just how great it makes you feel and just how it can change everything that you were feeling into something else. So, you know, you talking about why needing to connect with nature is hardwired into our DNA. Do you feel like that's part of that? where that hardwiring comes from, uh, the childhood. Yeah, I, think, yeah. I think so. What do you think? I do. I agree. And, uh, boy, we could do a whole separate podcast on kids these we days, could. right? But, uh, but, <laughs> you look at, but so once you tell me about, so the running, you kind of immediately felt like that was beneficial. Um, how was, how was yoga for you or how was the, the psychotherapy at first? Well, the psychotherapy was challenging. Uh, you know, it's not necessarily easy for a man to talk uh, right. when he's not used to it about his feelings. I was sitting there at a place where I'd never felt more weak and more exposed uh, and I suppose more pathetic really, which was the problem. 
so no, I didn't enjoy that, but I, I was lucky enough to have a good therapist. But nonetheless, it did feel very exposing. And it's one of the things I, I think running is so good about is, is that you run side by side. So you don't have that face off. Okay. Uh, and uh, you were asking about the yoga. Well, yes, yoga is lovely. It can also be very emotional. And uh, although I'm not a regular uh, yoga practitioner, uh, my fiance is, and I've done enough of it to know that uh, in yoga, certain positions bring up very emotional responses. And so there, too, I was worried about uh, a sense of exposure, I suppose. I was worried I would break down and cry and, and make a fool out of myself during a session. So I enjoyed it, but there was a limit. I couldn't quite let myself go. Well, and I love your, uh, the concept of running side by side. I, I just did a training with a school about how to talk to your kids about sex. And one of the, one of the, the, the best ways to initiate that is, is a car ride. And part of that is that, you know, you're, uh, yeah, you got them held captive, but you're also, you know, you're not basing I love that term of the face off. You're, you're kind of, you know, just looking ahead. So that's a, sounds like that's a big part of the running. Yeah. Okay. So t- let's get let's dive into the book. So uh, DRT. Get, tell tell the listeners what is DRT. Well, DRT stands for dynamic running therapy, and it's uh, it's it's a kind of therapy which is essentially. I mean, it's a recognizable, essentially humanistic therapy with uh, hints of existential and 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 cognitive behavioral therapy. I'm an integrative therapist myself, so I bring together many kinds of approaches. But I suppose in its most simple, it involves, if I'm doing it with one of my clients, which is obviously different from a reader reading the book, if I'm doing it with a client, I'm asking questions based on what's happening and what they've told me. Um, in the book, you'll see... Um, if you're running, uh, and there are different programs in the book, there are programs for anxiety, programs for depression and anger and relationships, decision-making. Each one of those takes you on a, what I like to call a DRT journey, from uh, a long journey along that road. You're asked many, many questions, which you write about in the book. Yeah. You'll notice there are places to write. And, and around that is a lot about how we should talk about ourselves and relate to ourselves and noticing how we represent what we're feeling in our writing so that it becomes both a passage of discovery, I think, because I ask powerful questions uh, that lead to revelation, I think. And then on top of it, I'm always asking you, look at look at how you're re- relating to yourself. Look at the language that you're choosing to use. Is it the language you, you would use for somebody else? What can it tell us about you? Um, can you meet yourself with more compassion and understanding and acceptance? And I think I, what I love, too, when you're laying out in the book what DRT is and what DRT is not, um, and I think this is key for listeners, it's not a new kind of exercise regime. It's not a get-fit-quick uh, routine, which are so popular right now. Um, it's not all about running, right? And it doesn't require a high level of fitness, if, if any fitness at all, to start. Is that true? That's right. You can uh, build yourself up. You can do the whole thing while walking if you want, um, as long as you kind of push yourself to walk a little faster than your comfort zone. We want to get your blood moving. You need to feel invested. It needs to feel like you're involved in something. Uh, Again, the body is, we're using the body, and and an amble doesn't allow us to use the body in the same way. But I want to add, uh, Tony, that there's stuff in in the book. I think the book is encouraging uh, 
for running in general. I like to think that while it has the therapeutic programs we've just talked about, that the programs on mindful walking and mindful running and running with your kids and running with your uh, uh, romantic partners are as powerful and useful and and, and and encouraging as as, uh, as as any other book on running. Well, and I love that. And, I, and you know, this is your, I know it's your vulnerability. I, I would be honest. I, I'm, you know, and I've shared with you, I'm an ultra marathon runner. I feel like that's part of what has kind of made me a big part of who I am. And it's not about the, whatever, the t-shirts or the buckles or the medals, but it's more about um, just kind of being in touch with myself and uh, pushing through those goals. I know at one part of the book you talk about um, pushing through walls. And one of the things I love about ultra marathon running is there are many, many walls to push through, but I find at times it's hard to, um, I feel like at times when I say to someone in my, who is sitting across the couch from me that I would really encourage them to make this part of their routine that they kind of, you know, I almost watch the lights go out in the eyes of like, okay, here's another person telling me I need to exercise. They don't understand I'm too busy or I don't have time or so how do you, you know, how do you address that? And say, or do you get that kind of pushback, William? I don't because the people uh, that contact me, obviously, to do DRT, already ready to, gotcha. uh, okay, or willing. But but let let me nonetheless answer your question. I've just uh, finished writing uh, uh, the uh, material for a, a TED talk that I'm giving in Manchester in in June. Wonderful. And my fin- final word, final words in that talk are, I think, address very well what you're talking about. And those words, actually, I can pull it up. Okay. Uh, those words are, uh, I'd, like to see, I'd like to end by helping people to see that regardless of how hopeless they may feel, anything's pos- possible if you put one foot in front of the other. And that, for me, is, is the secret. I think that a lot of people that are reluctant to get involved in uh, exercise because they think that they're physically incapable of it, just need to understand that if they start with a single step and they put one foot in front of the other, instead of worrying about where, how they're ever going to get to put 10,000 uh, feet, uh, uh, feet in front of the other, you, you just concentrate on the first one. Yeah. And if you can only get 50 meters that first day or 100 meters and you're walking it, that's fine. You're just going to build up slowly. And from there, all the possibility will open up, right? Yeah. And can I read a, you have a thing that says avoid striving in the book. And I love that because I think that this is a difficult concept as well that people get stuck on at least, uh, you know, people that maybe aren't, um, seeking this out initially, you say it's important that maximum care be taken to avoid striving while doing DRT. Striving is the bedfellow of anxiety and a modern curse of the first order. Understanding and healing are best achieved by clearing a path in front of them, not by crashing into and through them. Peace is not found through continuous pushing. There's no use in trying to run as far as possible, as fast as possible, while understanding as much as possible. As you progress, you'll find your pace and your footing. Don't try to rush to the end. Um, I thought that was brilliant because I do feel like the mindset, at least with people that I work with, typically is, well, you know, basically this guy's asking me to go run a marathon and, you know, without even hearing that, that you know, we're just encouraging movement. Yeah. You know, I, I love that expression. Everything worthwhile sits the other side of fear. And I think that it can be easy to be fearful about the prospect of either recovery and mental health or, or about running a marathon. You can imagine how will I ever do that? I'm yeah. so blah, blah, blah. But how do we measure 
how large fear is. I think one of the great hacks that we learn in life is to hack fear. And by hacking away at the very smallest pieces that we can, we then build up a momentum and we realize actually that each piece that comes after the piece we've done doesn't seem any larger than the one before it. If we look back, we'll see this enormous drop or this normal, enormous distance that we've come. And yet we only ever measure it in these small little pieces. So if you want to get through something you find fearful, just do it in small, doable pieces and don't worry about the bigger picture, right? Yeah. Not least of all because using uh, a, a, a marathon as, as a metaphor uh, or, or, or uh, yeah, as a metaphor for life or, or setting up a business, quite often we find ourselves reluctant to enter into uh, whatever project it is, because we think that we can spot two, three, four, five steps down the road. We think we can spot things that are going to be um, an obstruction that we ourselves will never get through. Well, there's two things. There's two reasons why uh, my thing about just moving one step at a time is because how can you know what that's what those steps are going to be of five and six. You don't know the character, really, of those steps. You don't really know for yourself for sure whether you can uh, deal with them or not. So you're making an assumption. Really, what you're involved in is just creating a negative loop. But let me just say one last thing. Yeah. That, again, when we're making our way between step one and this horrific step three or four we think we can't get through maybe if we're doing a degree it's the uh, it's writing the the paper at the end of it whatever it may be um quite often there are things you find that you are not the person you thought you were or you may even find if you're setting up a business preparing for something in year two or year three some cash flow issue you don't know where you're going to be in year two or three don't waste all your energy on that have some awareness some preparation but work with what's in front of you it's the same rule in, in your life because you can't know and you're much better off uh, keeping yourself uh, limber and present um, prepared of course and working with what's in front of you uh, then you are um, shutting off avenues because you think you know what will be in front of you further down the road. I love it. I, I often, uh, and I, I wrote that down myself, work with what's in front of you. I often um, will joke with a client and say, you know, I wasn't aware that they had a crystal ball. You know, they could kind of look into yeah. the future. And and uh, and then, and I and I like what you're saying too. I think often we look at what what is, you know, what if I'm at point A, I already think I know what it takes to get to Z and we're missing all those letters in between. Um, which is, uh, you know, kind of each step along the way. So it really does get down. I know that people want to hear these miraculous answers or these miracle cures, but I feel like the you're you're kind of continuing to say put one foot in front of the other, um, which is a big part of mindfulness, a big part of being present. True? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that is – it doesn't sound like a miracle, does it? No, but, it doesn't. But, but, but that's, for those of us that have done it, and I'm one of them because – you know, as I said, I was I had a horrific lifestyle and horrific health before. And if you told me that I would run 100 meters, let alone run uh, a marathon two years later, I would have never believed you. I would believe I would have told you I was physically incapable of it. And yet there I was doing it. And it wasn't that hard. I have to tell you, on the day, it was pretty difficult. Yeah. And it was one of the most painful days of my life because my knees went. Oh. But yeah. that journey to get there was a joy it was, a, it was because I gave myself plenty of time because I just said to myself look 
Life's too short to keep on telling myself that I know about all the things I can't do. Let me just throw myself into things. Even if I don't get them done, it's much better to try things out, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, do you, are, William, I, a couple of quick questions. One, do you remember times when you started down that journey of feeling like this isn't going to work? Or do you remember having these moments of, uh, I can't do this? Well, not not with the running, um, not with the training for the marathon, because by that point I'd, I'd already, you know, I'd been through that period, and I I could see that I could run two miles, three miles, five miles. And, and I guess I'm and I'm asking even like when you first, I love that concept of throwing the kitchen sink at you know this uh, this kind of mental health moment. Um, do you remember feeling like uh, this isn't going to work, or, or you know, or had you reached such a point in your life where you knew you had to do something different? Well, I think yeah, I think that's part of it. I, 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 if you like, I connected or I focused on that part of me that realized that only I could get myself out of this pickle, and that only action would do that. So once I knew that, once I'd come to terms with that fact. Um, then I just sort of threw myself at it. I didn't pretend to know the answers. I just knew that action was called for. And I knew that if I kept on uh, throwing things at it, that something would work. You know, I, I know that that's what life is, right? We, we learn that we have to get through things. And, and, and the trick is to keep moving. You know, it's to we have to find the elixir, the oil. If it's an engine, you put oil in the engine. We just got to keep ourselves going through these. And so during difficult periods, that might be meditation. It might be sharing with others. Um, it could be so many different things. But what it mustn't be is, is you know, the things that are the bedrock of depression, you know, uh, isolation and yeah. shame and these things. When we catch ourselves doing that, we've got to turn that around. Okay. I have two more quick things. I know our, our time is uh, limited from the book. One is you talk about preparing for a mindful run. Do you mind sharing um, what a mindful run looks like? What What is a mindful run? Okay. Well, you know, people have got different ideas about mindfulness. Yeah. Um, mine's quite traditional. It's just whether you're mindfully running or mindfully sitting down, meditating or lying down. It's concentrating on your breathing. Uh, typically, people count to 10 uh, and then start again. When you begin this and when you're running, it's still counting breaths or you can count footfalls, every other foot that is, um, or you can count trees or you can find, count clouds, whatever gets you going. But it's about um, noticing your body, noticing your sensations around you and using your breath and the sensation of your breath coming in, coming out to replace uh, the busyness that's in your mind um, and not just busyness, but busyness that uh, is about yesterday and tomorrow and just training your mind by right? every time you get to, let's say, number three and then you think about lunch, you start again yeah. and noticing, like in my book where I talk, it's all about noticing the inner dialogue. You'll know about all of this, I'm sure. Um, yeah. It's all about noticing the quality of the relationship that we have with ourselves. So people often come back with meditation. They go, oh, I can't do that. You know, I'm, I'm crap and, uh, and, and my mind's full of stuff. And I always say, well, that's good. It's supposed to be full of stuff. Um, just go there and use it as an opportunity to, to, to notice how, how busy your mind is, to train it to be a little bit better, and also to train that uh, inner dialogue. Because instead of berating yourself on breath number three and going, oh, God, there I do it again, 
on the, you know, the fifth time you do it, you just go, okay, well, maybe I don't need to berate myself quite so much. I love it. And then everything changes, right, when it's the tone with which we correct ourselves. Yeah. Can I, can I share? And I don't want to take too much time with this, but um, <clears throat> I had the opportunity in a in – a, I was running a, a Lake Tahoe 100-mile endurance run last summer, and I had a pacer the last 50 miles who um, – a good friend, Chris Perillo, who is a mindfulness guru of sorts – and he had me, you know, when those times where my mind wanted to tell me a lot of negative stories. What if? What if I get too cold? What if I get dehydrated? What if I don't take in enough, you know, fuel? And and he said, you know, when I was going up a hill um, to focus on my breath or, if, you know, if my breathing was struggling, focus on my, my footfalls. If my legs were hurting, focus on my breathing or focus on the trail. And it was the most amazing uh, last 50 miles I think I've ever had. I was so not going to these negative places in my mind. It just, and that's what I think resonated with. I love that you have an entire book that teaches how to do that for anyone, oh. not, not running a hundred miles. I mean, anyone who can walk around the block. Yeah, that's yeah. a great story, Tony. I, I love to hear that. Well, and so, okay, one more quick thing from the book that I loved, and I have to, again, I have to, a true confession here. When I was first looking through the table of contents, you have a chapter toward the end called Running Backwards. And uh, yeah. and I I took that, William, as literal, and I thought, okay, this is going to be the <laughs> ultimate, you know, and being mindful is running backwards. But you're not talking about running backwards in a literal sense, True. Uh, correct. Yeah. No, I, I'm talking about in, and, and, and you'll know this again, it is when, when we're working with uh, clients, um, what you notice often is, is that you come uh, close to the end of your work together and your client says, oh, I'm feeling so much better. And then just as you get close to the very end, the, uh, the agreed end, you have a, a reversal yeah. where everything comes back and they start to panic and they're just like, and even unconsciously up come those same stories connected and, 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 and wanting to, to, to survive. Uh, and our fear brings them back up again. So that's what running backwards is about. It's about uh, those moments where during your DRT journey, uh, and you notice that you're losing faith in yourself, you're losing faith in your ability to, to confront or, or to, uh, uh, to entertain uh, the work that you need to do, and, and watching the language that you use for yourself in, in those moments. Again, using that as an opportunity to once more improve your inner dialogue. Wonderful. You have a, you have a wonderful quote in there from... Uh um, it's Pima Chodron, a Buddhist writer and nun, who says that we should be grateful for these moments of pain and doubt. And I love how doubt's thrown in there, seeing them as opportunities to grow. Try to use each moment as an opportunity to improve your practice. After all, ups and downs are out of our control, but what we do with them is not. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, these are basic they're basic messages which, which when you read them sometimes can seem revolutionary because you're just like, my God, on some level I know that. Yeah. Why am I not using this? Why, why do I not employ this wisdom that makes so much sense? Why do I sort of um, find myself? I don't know what the answer to that is except that you know we can all do with a little bit of um, a fine-tuning, I think. 
Yeah. So, and and I I think your book does just a wonderful job of, and what you just hit on it, right? Uh, There are so many things in here that are revolutionary yet simplistic. And I think also kind of take that stigma away from mindfulness and that we have to be uh, grabbing a robe and and sitting down on a mat and, you know, chanting. And and not that there's anything wrong with that if that's someone's go-to method. But when I'm trying to sell people on mindfulness or exercise or movement in general, um, I think it can just seem so, you know, well, you don't get it, Tony. You know, this isn't what this is about. And I think you do a nice job of of showing uh, maybe it is what it's about. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. So, all right, William, where can we find you? I mean, I know the book is on Amazon. Um, where else? Right. Yeah. Running with mindfulness. Um, you can also uh, find me in any good bookstore. You can uh, find me on my uh, Instagram account. Uh, you can find me on uh, my Twitter account of Pull and Therapy. Perfect. Uh, that'll do. Hey, can I ask you one quick thing? Um, sure. Do you have any any thoughts around uh, people running with headphones, music, that sort of thing? I mean, do you feel like there's an equal balance there, or are you more of a those aren't even necessary? <laughs> You're the second person to ask me that today. <laughs> um, I would say um, uh, that uh, I'm right down the middle. I'm like, yeah. you know what, if if you're listening to a podcast and it's making you feel like you're seriously connected to the world, you're listening to Esther Perel and you feel G'd up by that and yeah. you're excited and connected, then not do it. Do right. It. Right. I love it. Uh, William Pullen, thank you so much for taking the time. Um, Pleasure. Yeah, I'll have links to your book and your Instagram, your Twitter uh, on the show notes to this um, episode. And can't wait to see your TED Talk uh, coming. Is it later this summer? Uh, Yes, it is in June. Perfect. Okay, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you joining me on the virtual couch. Thank you. It was fun. Bye. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Compressed emotions flying past Our heads and out the other end The pressures of the daily grind It's wonderful Elastic waste and rubber ghost I'm floating past the midnight hour They push aside the things that matter most It's wonderful